This is The President's Neck is Missing. Your quasi-intellectual guide through today's modern world with host Rurik Yakel and special guest Neo Guevara. Warning, language, content, listen at your own risk. Here now is Rurik Yakel. Hello, Rurik Yakel here. This is The President's Neck is Missing. Neil Guevara is off today. You know, before we begin, I just want to let you know you can reach us at Spotify and SoundCloud, and you'll find us also on Instagram and Facebook. You know, each week, Neo and I dive into one particular subject that speaks to him and I, and we might follow that with a segment called Truth Serum, a chance for us to tell a little truth towards current events that we might not be able to address given the structure of our show. Today is a series of truth serums encompassing today's social and political climate, a microdose, if you will, of President's Neck is Missing to perhaps challenge your view and create a different dialogue than perhaps you had. Shut up and sit down. Here's a truth. Now that Elon Musk has personified himself as the pure live embodiment of a classic Bond villain, maybe we can move past revering his intelligence and move directly into denouncing him altogether. After an unsuccessful Bolivian government coup of democratically elected leader Evo Morales, and what's received zero to no attention is the role Organization of American States had to that coup, namely the U.S. government. Now what does this have to do with Elon Musk, you might be asking? During the U.S. government stimulus package to help Americans out with the whopping $1,200 for the year during the greatest modern-day pandemic, Musk tweeted... Government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people. To which a response was generated and proclaimed, You know what isn't in the best interest of people? A U.S. government organizing coup against Evo Morales in Bolivia so you can obtain the lithium there. Musk responded in the most Bond-like villain way possible. We will coup whoever we want. Deal with it. Later this was deleted. Musk has long wanted to access large lithium deposits in this country and has expressed eagerness to open a Tesla company in Brazil and using Bolivian lithium. What is showcased here is Musk's inability to empathize with other countries over their political hardships, his outright acceptance that U.S. can dominate whoever it chooses, and simply how detached one can be when they are this particularly rich. At this stage, the distance between insanity and genius is only measured by success. Here's a truth. Now that Chris Kringle has made it abundantly clear what line he stands on towards gifting little boys and girls toy guns, one can only ask at what particular year did Santa stop gifting violent toys? Back on December 6th of this year, a young boy Michael and his mother paid a visit to the Santa at Harlem Plaza in Norwich, Illinois. The video captures sitting down to talk with the fat man about this year's requests. At one point, his mom helps Michael find the courage to ask for a Nerf gun, to which Santa drops a little truth serum himself and tells the boy that Santa can't do that. And perhaps if Michael's dad wants to oblige the child this year, that's permissible. But simply Papa Noel just can't oblige in such a careless manner. Bring it to you. But what else would you like? Uh, 
lots of other toys. There's Legos, bicycles, there's cars and trucks. What do you think? What do you think? It's okay, for Dad. I'm going to excuse myself from the audience for a moment and talk directly to a sack of coal. Bravo, sir, on your $11.40 method acting at the Harlem Plaza. Brando would be proud. But uh, fictional character to fictional character, you know you aren't really Santa, right? Before Michael showed up, you had no problem lying to kids about what they were wanting to appease them, and they ran away with a glaze of joy in their eye because only you and everyone above 10 knew you weren't Santa. But no. You had to take this one part of your job and be sanctimonious. Well, you had a job to do, which is only listen to kids bitch and mumble about what their wish list, keep your hands at the appropriate level, and send them on their fucking way. But you just couldn't do that, could you? You just had to bring your little liberal agenda to the table and share it with little eight-year-old Michael. Look, we can debate the merits of whether kids should have to play with guns or play with toy guns or any of that shit. But it's clear in this household... The family is fine with it. Not to be outdone, the NRA and countless other people heard this story and gifted Michael with an outpouring of Nerf guns. And this is the problem again with the far-left liberal agenda. You want to bully people into your ideology, amputate a part of the spirit, and hope they come back to you with a newfound outlook. That's never the case. You simply alienate people to their very core, and they don't join your liberal cause. They resent it. Here's a truth. I don't believe any municipal, provincial, or federal institution should have any religious ideology in their embodiment. Years ago, a gentleman in my city revolted against the city's use of the words Merry Christmas on the overhead of the city buses. Of course, and what I believe due to the fact he was an immigrant, he was laughed at and jeered. But even during that time, I thought the gentleman was on to something. Last time I checked, my bus never had a particular religious ideology. It was a tool that was given to all citizens of this great city for equal use. Its entire function is to simply state where its next destination is. Yet I wondered, how did my city bus suddenly exhibit a religious greeting every December, but never any other time of the year? Our government, at any level, doesn't have a religion. That's the beauty of our framework. In this particular case, however, our city is making it very clear they're rooting for one of the big guys. I don't care if 99% support the message, because it's not the message itself that is troubling. It's the principle of the message. It's about your city being the shield of protectors for the 1%. That's exactly what our governments are supposed to do. Fight for the marginalized. People in the city are still disenfranchised. We're still failing the minorities that make up this landscape. Years ago, my son's public school advised me they'd be allowing a certain religious faction to be handing out pamphlets to the children before the winter break. I, of course, was unhappy with this, and I instructed the principal that I, too, will be handing out the Quran to the children at the same time. Now I treat each religion with the same disdain. 
But if we start selective demonizations towards particular religions and not others, we are forgetting the entire point of the institutions we put into power. Because one day you too can be marginalized. So for all you fucking idiots that will undoubtedly message me and to complain to me, let's just say this. Say Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Ramadan, or Feliz fucking Navidad to your neighbor. There is no war on Christmas that the far right will have you believe. It's simply about being polite and that during this time of year, you, you decided to think of others. Here's a truth. Now that Barack Obama has ended his silence to the Black Lives Matter movement, what is to wonder if he was paying attention at all? In a recent Vanity Fair interview, Obama has framed a highly loaded question towards the largest civil rights movement of the modern era. Now, instead of throwing out the framed question and not accepting the narrative that these souls marching are misguided, he took another approach. It, it's interesting. We take for granted, if you want people to buy your sneakers, that you're going to market it to your audience. If a musician drops a record, they're, they're going to try to reach certain audiences speaking to folks where they are. It's no different in terms of ideas. If you believe, as, as I do, that we should be able to reform the criminal justice system so that it's not biased and treats everybody fairly, I guess you can use a snappy slogan like defund the police, but you know you've lost a big audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less likely that you're actually going to get the changes you want done. But if you instead say, let's reform the police department so that everybody's being treated fairly, you know, divert young people from getting into crime. And if there's a homeless guy, can maybe we send a mental health worker there instead of an armed unit that could end up resulting in a tragedy? Suddenly, a whole bunch of folks who might not otherwise listen to you are listening to you. So the key is deciding, do you want to actually get something done or do you want to feel good among the people you already agree with? Defund the police is a call of reallocation of government funds from police departments to other social services. In my city alone, 20% of tax money goes into police department. In the last hundred years, we've seen technology breakthroughs with the simple telephone, yet we refuse to accept the reform or perhaps reimagining of public safety. What does modern day public safety actually look like? What should it look like? The old run and gun policing is as outdated as a Blackberry. He could have pressed back and stated that this is a growing movement and it has the support of many, many notable politicians who are eager to create actual reform, recentering community justice and establishing health services and building the modern day policing in and around that framework. Defund the police isn't a slogan. It's a world health mandate to keep people from dying. And finally, here's a truth. American politics is broken. We all grew up with the America as the greatest country in the world, tattooed in the embodiment of all democratic countries. This propagandized term seems to have reached its season finale, however. It's getting more difficult to get past the fake veneer. That's not to suggest it wasn't broken before. Just that the cracks are beginning to appear more noticeably. More notably today than ever before, we're seeing the very decay that encroaches the very institutions that were laid before them. American democracy, or better word, plutocracy, is the house on Amityville, a foundation of ideas and democratic institutions placed on horrors and atrocities, its entire country built on the backs of slavery, still struggling to come to terms with systemic racist issues, classism, corruption, and greed. America is great. 
is just jingoism at its finest and it's simply unfounded. America has more in common today with develop, developing countries than it does with the leading. No other country with a bedrock of 244 years of institutions should have the ability to be stripped down and reduced to the crumbly mess it's shown to be. It's the equivalent of the Marx Brothers running around and tearing down basic structures in 90 minutes. One could argue they weren't upholding anything of tangible value if it's so easily dismantled. You built your country on a gravesite. What institution fires a CEO and lets him do anything he wants for 70, 72 days afterwards? That's one of the many nonsensical flaws in the system itself. America bases its ideals on falsified claims that simply won't hold up the scrutiny. From blatant terrorism to manufactured wars, climate change denial, Iranian assassinations, this system of government will move us all closer to extinction. So while we watch the U.S. divide in the two-party system it's embodied, a real-time, slow-moving government coup d'etat, suggestions that traitors are among us, we begin to look for other beacons that are examples to lead into the modern era. Countries that believe healthcare is a right, that homelessness is unacceptable, that socialism and capitalism can coexist, that science can solve global pandemics, that your neighbor isn't your enemy. Until then, we are to love our neighbor and break bread, but, but denounce the crimes they support. Okay, that's our show. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support. Uh, we will be back next week. Until then, support one another. I am Rorik Yackle. This has been The President's Neck is Missing. This has been The President's Neck is Missing, your quasi-intellectual guide to today's modern world. Catch these idiots once again in our next episode. and impose martial law for the sole purpose of conducting a brand new election that will be overseen by the military.